Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646 876 and enter the PIN 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, a very good evening, this Sunday evening. This may be a holiday weekend, but we have a jam-packed sports show. Take it away, Chris. Okay, yeah, you know, it'd be longer if uh, if the uh, college football had opened the way it normally does, but there, there was just a smattering of games. We'll be talking about the prospects for that, but uh, welcome to show 108. It is September 6th, 2020. I hope everybody has a happy Labor Day weekend, a safe one. Stay away from those uh, people with all those diseases. You're the only one that knows you don't have it. You just have to say, I'll stay away from those other people. Anyway, so hopefully everybody does that and stays safe and we don't have any listeners uh, get into trouble. So um, we are, are going to talk about we, – we don't have any golf or um, NASCAR results because they're not over yet. The golf will end tomorrow. The NASCAR is underway at this time. So we don't have to worry about that, but we are going to talk about the Kentucky Derby. We're going to do baseball. We're going to do the NBA. We're going to do the NHL. We're going to do the NFL and um, and NFL picks. We're going to try to do some picks, and they'll be outlandishly silly because we don't even know what we're talking about. I even forgot that we were having seven teams in each conference in the playoffs instead of six. So I got to cook up a, another team to get in in each conference, which <laughs> well, I will. You can just, you can just make one up at this, at this oh, pace. Oh, I can do that. Nobody's going to care. And so we'll do our picks. With Obviously, the transactions have been going around. We've got the schedule, a real schedule to read you for the first week because it is going to happen. You know, these games will happen. From then on, we don't know. But I think the NFL's got a re- pretty good plan. I think they'll be all right. So um, anyway... Oh, I'm hearing myself, and I'm I'm way ahead of myself. I'm so happy to be ahead of myself. Anyway, so, Sean, let's see if you can get ahead of yourself and uh, tell us where we are and what we're doing. All right. Well, first of all, like I said, we have – I forget – I can't – well, the two that we don't have the results for because they're still going on, eight sports that we're talking about. Yes. Eight, eight different – eight different – and when does that happen? Eight different types of sports are going on because – you and do have a big tennis story, yes. But anyway, yes, do. that's right. Yeah. I forgot. We'll throw that yeah. in before we do baseball. We'll do that in the Derby. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you want, if you want to contact us anytime throughout the show, if you're listening live, download the Zoom app or dial six four six eight seven six nine nine two three. Enter the code two eight seven seven two three forty six hundred. Hit the pound key twice, and if you're on the phone. When we call on you, you're, and you're going to have to unmute yourself because the the bug that we got. So we'll say, hey, I hope, and you'll have to unmute yourself doing star six to unmute yourself. Also, if you want to leave us comments throughout the week, 
1-800-693-0595. Option number two, say it's for Sports Lounge Live. Email us, sportslounge at allthingsradio.net, or go to 712-432-3642. Board 9 is a Sports Lounge board. Board 13 is where you get all your TV and Sirius XM schedules. Check that all out. And let's see. We'll explain what's going on. All right. PGA Tour, Tour Championship. They finish tomorrow because it's Labor Day weekend. They always finish on Labor Day. Uh, there are two championships being given. The winner of the tournament is the Tour Champion. However, the person with the most points is the FedEx Cup winner. They get $15 million. Dustin Johnson right now is the leader for that. So there's there's two titles that come out of this tour championship. So and Dustin Johnson and, CB, and CBS just sent a notification, Sean, that he is still looking very good for that. He's in the lead for both. And NASCAR, like I said, with the Southern 500 is going on right now, and that is getting everybody ready for the round of 16 for the NASCAR playoffs. Okay. And actually, we have to, actually, this is the first playoff race. Oh, this is the first week. Yes. Yes, yes it is. Okay. All right. So we had a Kentucky Derby yesterday for the first time. It was the first Saturday of a month, but not the month of May like it's supposed to be. It was the month of September. Wrong, yeah, wrong drinking weekend. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think you're supposed to probably you probably mint juleps are out and something else is in by that time. But what do we know? We we just drink. Yeah, anyway, mile, we go to we go to Liberty weekend. Hey. Yeah, we we just drink. You know, I drink beer. Sean drinks beer. We, we don't care. Anyway, point is that we did have a new. Uh, we will not have a triple crown winner. Authentic. Won the uh, now I don't even know if he was in the Belmont or not I don't remember, but uh, yeah he was I uh, yeah okay. he was but it was he a was. good race they came down the stretch uh, down the stretch they came as Dave Johnson used to say and they were neck and neck when they did and uh, you know authentic pulled it out right at the end um, they were all all the big horses were out at the, it was a very strange draw because all of them were out on the right hand side on the rail. And, uh, you know, not uh, usually they spread around the field. So they all had to contend with each other right away. And I think the only two that, that led the race, if I remember, were Authentic and uh, Tis the Law. Mm-hmm. They were just yeah. going back and forth the whole time. Yeah, so, and uh, remember that they normally have 20 uh, horses in the race. This time they only had 15 because they had like uh, four or five scratches before the race even started. Well, the other thing, too, is that the Derby, everybody is going for the Triple Crown at that point. But this wasn't the Derby when it's first. And you usually do have more races more horses in the race but this the you know a bunch of owners would say well, well i'm not going to win the triple crown i'm not necessarily going to i might do the preakness or i might do you know i might do the derby so you usually don't race in both of them and when is the preakness by the way i don't remember october uh, 3rd i believe october 3rd so a month from a month from now that's good and authentic is bob bafford won his sixth uh, uh derby and he is tied for the lead among trainers to do that and john velasquez was this his first uh derby or not Oh, I can't. Re- I, I can't remember, Chris. I don't. I don't think it's second. It's second. I think okay. it might be his second, but I'm not okay. sure. So that was the Derby, and it was good. You know, they they played, and there was a little controversy, which I didn't realize it started up again about my old Kentucky home. They played it on the bugle, so they wouldn't offend uh, anybody, and uh, that was fine. Great bugle job by the by the uh, Kentucky, uh, you know, the Churchill Downs bugler. Uh, so that worked out fine. But uh, 
you know, they, I guess that's going to go under advisement as to what they're going to do, although they did change the word, uh, the words that I thought they were inoffensive they were offensive. And then I think they quoted Fred. It was a very ambiguous statement about the whole thing. They quoted Frederick Douglass, who thought it was a good song. And then they said somebody else didn't think it was a good song. And they they had a very ambiguous statement read by the PA guy that I didn't even understand by the time we got through with it. But anyway, that's fine. I think that's I think that's the problem, though, Chris, with, with all the stuff that's going on right now. You will find one person. Yeah. who has no issue and then somebody else does and yeah. I think we're kind I mean, of at a point I think we're kind of at a point yeah. where if one or two people complain loudly then we have to change something because well, it's like it the one person. that was settled I thought 5 years ago when some tribe or another or some group of Indians or Native Americans thought that Redskins was okay, and then uh, it came back up again. So uh, actually, that was know. never settled. Uh, then yeah, all well, the, it went the, away the, for about five years. I don't know what happened. It, 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 it went away for a while. You heard, no, you still heard about it. Yeah, you still this heard whole, about it. Oh, this no. whole political climate, it, it, you can't. You've got to be very careful about what you say, what you do. You know, it's you know, it's just one but of the red, things. No, yeah. the Redskins still was a totally. You still heard about it. It was a Okay. Well, anyway, so that's the Derby, but, and then Robert, you're the one that told the story when we came in here. So talk. You'll be our tennis reporter for the moment. Well, yeah. Well, I've been keep I've been keeping up with it because uh, it looked like history was going to be possibly made on both sides. Um, you've got Serena Williams going for uh, Grand Slam number 24. She's still in good shape to do that, and that of course would tie the all-time record for the women. Well, for all of tennis, actually. But on the men's side, no Rafael Nadal. He he chose not to come because of the COVID uh, uh, thing. And Rod, Roger Federer uh, could not play because he had knee surgery and he's going to be out the rest of the year. So Novak Djokovic had a wide-open tournament to take Grand Slam number 18, and that would put them Federer at 20, Nadal at 19, and, and Djokovic at 18. Well... That is no longer the case. I don't know exactly what happened because I got notified about it on my phone, but apparently during this afternoon's match, he got mad at a, at a umpire's call like people do in baseball. Well, tennis has umpires also. And um, in between points in, in, in the match, he took one, one of the tennis balls, slammed it off a wall, and it came back and hit a female judge in the throat, and she had to be taken off the court. And uh, apparently, she's going to be fine. But when a player, uh, you know, is angry and he takes a ball and he he hits, you know, a wall or something, and the ball flies off and it hits somebody, they are responsible for, you know, their actions. And so the rule is, when that occurs, you are automatically disqualified from the tournament. Okay. And so he's disqualified. So for the first time in I don't know how many years, we are going to have a uh, man under the age of 30 win a Grand Slam tournament. And that has Maxwell not happened. Never, that, that has, never even hit a judge. Well, yeah. That, that, no, that he just has, said, are you serious? That's yeah. What he said. Uh, that has never... Uh, It'll be a long time uh, now. When this tournament's finally over, we'll finally we'll find out when the last time that occurred. Because normally, the three of them have di- have divided up all the Grand Slams, and they're all uh, Djokovic is the youngest at 33, uh, uh, 
Federer is 39, and uh, I think Nadal is like 36, 37, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't know so, why that is in tennis, because I don't follow it, but yeah. it used to not be that way. When you had the guys like Rod Laver and those guys winning those tournaments in the 70s, Connors and them, they were not that old. They were in their mm-hmm. 20s and, you know, stuff, so I don't know what happened in tennis. Well, uh, I, in a lot of cases now, a lot of uh, men and even women are playing tennis longer. A lot of them normally would leave in their early 30s. They, they would end their careers. Yeah, and, okay. and now they're playing longer. Well, so, and, and and Serena, of course, and and uh, Venus started in their twenties for sure. You yeah, know, they the they, they both they they both started as teenagers, and they're both yeah. still playing. Uh, yeah. Venus yeah. is forty, and Serena's thirty nine now. So right, right, yeah. So okay. Oh, and by the way, we have uh, and, and some significant deaths, and uh, a bunch of them. A few deaths. I forgot to mention this when I, we do the agenda. The last thing we'll be doing is those. But you want to stay tuned because we have some interesting ones, and we have about eleven. But part of them was some of them were trapped from a couple of weeks ago in the in the phone system when it went down. So we'll get to those. But first, we're going to start with baseball, and we're going to do the standings, the scores, and then we're going to try to go through. Going to try to go through the trades, and Robert and um, Perry did a lot of reporting on those trades, so they can help me if any, if I miss anything. But I've written them down, so we'll see how we do. But we'll we'll do the we'll, best we can. Do the best. We're at the yeah. two thirds mark, as you'll see. We've got a sixty game schedule, as you know, and we got uh, most teams that have played the ones they're supposed to have played that have been healthy played about 41 to 40 39 games so we got about uh, three weeks to go and uh, here are the standings going into today tampa bay has pulled away in the american league east with 27 and 13 the yankees at 21 and 18 when they went into today and they were like uh, i think uh, joe said something like uh, uh, 11 and 6 or something at one point so they've really been struggling the last two three weeks They've had um, a lot of injuries too. Yeah, well, they have. They always seem to. Toronto also was going in today at twenty-one and eighteen, but now they moved ahead of them, as you'll see later. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore eighteen and twenty-one. They're not quite out of it, but uh, I think you'd almost at the end of the American League. I want to say the eight teams that should get in the playoffs should doesn't mean yeah. they will. Baltimore eighteen twenty-one. The Woeful Red Sox fourteen and twenty-seven. American League Central: the White Sox twenty-five and fifteen. Cleveland twenty-four and fifteen. Minnesota twenty-five and sixteen. Detroit seventeen and twenty, Kansas City fourteen and twenty six, and in the West uh, the A's are twenty three and thirteen, Houston twenty one eighteen, uh, Seattle seventeen twenty two, the Angels sixteen and twenty five, and Texas thirteen and twenty five. And in the American League, it looks to me like in the East it should be uh, Tampa Bay, the Yankees, and Toronto should be the end. In the Central, the White Sox, uh, the Twins, and the Indians, and in the West the the A's and the you know, um, and and uh, Houston. I think those will be the eight teams. Remember, the other too, teams Chris. A couple of three teams aren't quite out of it yet, but but they're pretty close to it. Go remember, ahead, too, Chris. If you don't win second place in your league, the best seed you're going to get is a seven seed. So Correct. hypothetically, let's say that the Blue Jays would finish ahead of the Yankees. The Yankees would get a seven seed, most likely. Right. They'd be right. a wild card. Yep. Yeah. Okay. In the National League, it's not as clear, and uh, you can figure that out, Perry, when we get there. But National League, we have Atlanta at 23 and 16 going into today. Phillies at 19 and 16. Miami 17 and 17. Uh, the Mets 18 and 22, and Washington 14 and 24. In the Central, the Cubs at 23 and 17. 
Uh, and I'm telling you, listen to these Cubs fans. You would think they'd lost 100 games by now of the, of the games they play. Because I'm telling you, you listen to Perry and Pierre on any conference or anytime you talk to them, and oh, things are terrible, but they're still in first place. Uh, St. Louis at 16 and 15, and they're, Perry's right. They're, they've got a decent record for a team that's got so many. It's going to be tough for them. They've got a whole half a season to play in three weeks, but that's yeah, what they're going to have set, to do. They have seven doubleheaders. Right. Yeah. Milwaukee, 18 and 20. Cincinnati, 18 and 22. Pirates, 12 and uh, 26. And in the West, the Dodgers, uh, they're the best team right now. That doesn't mean they're going to win anything because you know how that is. But they're 30 and 11, by far the best team in baseball. San Diego, 24 and 17. Colorado, 19 and 20. Uh, San Francisco, 19 and 21. Arizona, 15 and 25. So right now, if you look at the top teams, you'd have the Braves and the Phillies in the East. You would have the uh, Cubs and Cardinals in the Central. You would have the Dodgers and San Diego in the West. And then anybody's guess for those other two spots. I, I, I tell you what, after watching the Padres for the last three days, if you're a National League fan, I would be highly concerned about the dangerous San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The only team in the National League that has been eliminated, really, I mean, technically maybe not, but would right. be the Pirates. Right, yeah. right. In the American League, we have a few. We have the Red Sox. We have the the three in the West: the Angels, the uh, Rangers, and the and the um, Mariners. Uh, Mariners are out, and Tigers are on the and Orioles are kind of on the verge of going out. So you got about, about half the American League is out. So it's uh, there'll be a lot of significant games, particularly in the National League, coming up. But even for seeding, you know, it's kind of important to, to get that. You know, like you say, you want to come in second. You don't want to be the eighth, the seventh, or eighth seed. And somebody in the East and somebody in the, in the Central are, who's very deserving of a better seed looks like they will be the seven or eight seed. You know, White Sox, Yankees, you know, whoever. Uh, they've got to play some baseball and see what they can do. Okay, today's scores. We had Baltimore over the Yankees 5-1. to one, And, again, the Yankees continue to struggle. <coughs> Cleveland beat Milwaukee 4-1. to one, Atlanta over Washington 10-3. to three. Tampa Bay beat Miami 5-4 to four in 10 innings. The Mets beat the Phillies 14 to one. Oh man, there's a happy lady in Gonzales, Louisiana. Mets That's beat the right. Phillies 14 yeah. to one. Yeah. That's right. Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati three to two. That if you're going to try to sneak into the playoffs and the Reds are still in contention, they got to win games like that, and they didn't today. Um, Toronto beat the Red Sox 10 to eight. The uh, White Sox beat Kansas City eight to two. Detroit beat Minnesota 10 to eight. Seattle over Texas four to three. San Francisco beat Arizona four to two, and San Diego over Oakland four to three. And yep. the Angels beat Houston nine to five. And we yep. do have two games. We have the Colorado Dodger game uh, will be starting at ten ten, and I guess we have um, the uh, Cardinals and Cubs are underway now. We do, we and in the intro. top in the top of the fourth, the Cardinals have a five to three lead. The wind is howling out tonight, so I would be shocked if if either team were done with their scoring. Okay, yeah. so it's blowing out to the uh, to Waveland Avenue, huh? Oh, yeah. yes. Okay. And we do uh, have a couple of, we do have a couple of hands, Chris. Let's get to them okay, here real quick. Okay, let's do them right uh, now before we Marty, get to the trade. Marty, Marty, so. you're unmuted, so go ahead. All right, I was just uh, checking and I will, in. Marty, and, uh, and I will have... leave you I will leave you open. So just oh, know that. You. All right. Do you want to yeah. stay All on the right. show? Yep. We got to got to got to satisfy the Iowa fan club there. Hey, uh, and that's actually, right. Uh, yeah, Bob. Did you get Did you get Bob Spencer in your deaths, Chris? No, no. Okay. Well, and but, and we also need to mention right off the top that Lou Brock just died uh, about today, half an hour ago today. Yeah, didn't know that. Yeah. So we'll get anyway, we'll, we'll Bob, mention him. I, I, we'll, now, Bob, who is Bob Spencer? 
He was a women's basketball coach at Fresno State for about 12 years. Okay, and we'll get him next. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get him next week. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I, I got information on him. If you want me to do one of my uh, sure, my, little sure. little mini uh, mini week. mini sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right. so when the time comes, I'll be around for that. Okay. okay cool. Yeah, we'll do yeah. that. Uh, okay. Pam, if you want to unmute, we would be able to hear you. Pam. Pam. Star six there. Yeah, good old star That's six, and, re- and remember, people, star nine to raise your hand. All right, so. I got it. There, there you go. go. She is. Go ahead, Pam. All right, good deal. Um, I wanted to ask about how these wild card games are going to work. Do I do I understand that with the expanded number of there, teams, they're going to be more than one game? Uh, yeah, Correct. There be, is no there's be, no buys anymore, Pam. What happens is. If if you take like the in the NBA and the NHL, you know how they seed one eight four five two seven yep. three six. That's yep. how they're going to do it, and it will be a three game series. Oh, yep. all oh, at the home team. So if you're if you're the number home. one seed, you'll host all the games. They're not going to, yeah. you know, unless, and they unless may. of course they're in a bubble format, which we don't. Well, know. It's but likely, they, but we don't know that yet. Didn't they set up the rules already uh, to be the ho- you know three three game hosting? So I think they'd have to keep that even if they went to a bubble, the home teams. The home team would be the host, yes, but yeah, they and, are still looking apparently at some at sort bubble, of bubble, bubble. For wherever yeah. you know at yeah. many locations. Yeah, they're going to have to cook them I, up pretty I fast. Hope they don't do it. I hope they don't do it that way for the free gamer. I hope they do the free gamer home and then and then no, go it, 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 Marty, it looks like if they do a bubble, it'll be for all the playoffs. So. Yep. Well, they'll have to Wouldn't get them organized like pretty fast and figure out where they're going to be. You know, it doesn't these these bubbles were not created that quickly. I mean, they had a month or two to get those ready and to have the facilities and have the things you need. And I, you know, baseball, of course, you know they 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 like the Big Ten. They're a day late and a dollar short, so they're going to probably run around and say, "Oh yeah, well, wait, oh wait, we've just named three bubbles and uh, you know or whatever you're going to do." And well, just, I think I they're know. working on them, Chris, and we just have they they're just believe it or not, they're actually keeping something quiet. That, but is, it's, that can't. I, I think they're yeah. I think they're working on them and um you know without fans it isn't totally going to matter no but no, it um it David if you want to unmute we can hear you and then go ahead Well yeah can you hear me I yeah. can yes yeah yes yep. okay I was going to call in to report more details about Lou Brock Okay okay go ahead and, and okay you're ready for you ready all right cool well, yeah, Luke, you're here, here we show, and this is a big, you know, we have some big ones. We, you know, we later we've got Tom Seaver and John Thompson, but Lou Brock is in that class. So we want to get him a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of info here. Yeah, Lou Brock played, played for the Chicago Cubs from 1961 to 1964. And then, of course, he played for the Cardinals from 64 to 79. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was six-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion with the Cardinals, uh, eight-time National League stolen base leader. Of course, we all know that uh, he was an excellent uh, stolen uh, yeah. uh, stolen bases. And uh, his number 20 was retired by the Cardinals. Uh, he was inducted into the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame, and he was inducted into the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame in 1985. His career stats are batting average 293, 3,023 hits, 149 home runs, and even 900 runs batted in, and 938 stolen bases. Uh, no cause of death, but in 2015, uh, he had his uh, left leg amputated below the knee because of an infection related to uh, diabetes. And then in 
On April 13th, 2017, he was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, a Mm -hmm. blood cancer that starts in in the bone marrow's plasma cells. However, on July 28th, 2017, it was reported that um, his cancer had had been declining. So no cause of death. So, you know, it could be be diabetes, could be uh, return of cancer or something else. And, and as we, and as we well don't... know, that when he retired, he was the he was the all time stolen base leader. Yep. That is, that is the case now, but it was and, it was then. And he was also the he was also the TV voice of his TV color man for the Cardinals with Jay Randall. Okay, and also he was in the one of the most lopsided trades in baseball history when he was traded in 1964 from the Cubs to the um, Cardinals for Ernie Brolio, who was a mid level starting pitcher. And, uh, you know, the Card- uh, the Cubs weren't going anywhere. Why you would go after a uh, decent, he was maybe in his mid-20s, he wasn't an old guy, but just, just why would you do that? I, you know, this is a young guy who was, you know, I know you had Billy Williams, I know you had some other guys, but really? You know, that, that that's, almost, that's almost as bad as the Portland Trailblazers picking Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. Right, it, it really didn't work. Yeah. But that is what, I just want to tell uh, everybody, that is the way we get our info from David. I write all this down and I read through, and David gives it to us just like that, so we don't even have to do uh, Lou Brock. We'll get maybe get some sound for him uh, next week because we you know, want to yeah. give him a full. Because, again, we had with him, he's he's a Hall of Famer and, and somebody that we all remember, so we want to give him his just due. But David basically gave us all the facts on that. That's great. Yes. Okay. All right. So now back to baseball. Well, we're still with baseball. And this is kind of an interesting thing. Uh, we're going to do a bunch of the trades, and we're going to try to get them. But DraftKings is trying to get something worked out with the Cubs for betting at Wrigley Field. Actually, uh, they have, they've, they've actually signed the deal. Right, but it, it doesn't mean, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's got to be vetted by, of course, Illinois and Chicago and various uh, things. And it's it's – this happens in England. You know, you're you're at a soccer game. Yeah. You can go bet on the game. You can go bet oh, on the you, horses. Yeah, you can go you bet can, on anything. You can go bet on the game, and you go up to what it's going to do. It's a $100 million deal the Rickus family signed, and you can go up to Wrigley Field and bet on the Cubs game at a window. Mm-hmm. And you'll be, you know, wow. you, you can bet on different things on it. So, And reportedly they're talking uh, possibly if this works for the Cubs, they're talking with the Red Sox and other teams about – Similar, similar things, and look who just bought stock in DraftKings. Michael Jordan. Yep, this right. star, the man in Chicago. Okay, uh, so Steven yep. Souza, another Cub uh, story. Steven Souza Jr. was cut by the Cubs uh, last uh, night between games of the doubleheader. He was only hitting 160, and uh, that's uh, he's always been was very good with Tampa Bay. He just didn't get it done this year, Perry. I guess, huh? Well, what the, what it was, Chris? He's been on the injured list. And he's not playing much. And, um, of course, during the offseason, before opening day, Theo Epstein said he was their big offseason acquisition. Well, boy, what happened to that acquisition? Um, The the problem with the Cubs right now is they're they're not hitting a lick. I mean, Brian is hitting in the 100s. Baez is right around 200. Uh, Rizzo, I think, is about 230. The, the only guy that has a higher batting average, really, is Ian Happ. Well, well Perry, so, then how, how are they in first place exactly, in that? that, okay. pitching, that their yeah. pitching has been very good. The starters, but then you complain about the bullpen all the time. Well, and, you know, to be fair, the bullpen hasn't been, for the most part, as bad as we make it to be. But it hasn't been great. But 
you know, they make the games more exciting than they need to be. But <laughs> okay, and we know, and we know, Cam- and we know, Campbell is not good. No, we do. We know that. We he really stopped uh, pitching well late in 2018, and the Red Sox patched it together without him, and uh, he's not been although good ever on, since. Although I will say, Chris, on Thursday when they played the Pirates, everybody was saying great things about Craig Kimbrell that he had a clean inning. You know how bad that game was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Dan- we found out who the guy was on the A's that had the virus. Daniel Mingdon, a pitcher. Yeah. And he's still out, right, Robert? Yeah. Yes. He's yeah. Still out. Yeah. Okay. And and Haroldus Chapman was suspended, a three-game suspension. I guess he's probably a, a, appealing. Uh, he's appealing that. He's yes. appealing. He is, yeah. Throwing at Tampa Bay. You know, I sort of glossed over when we did the standings, but now with Tampa Bay winning today and the Yankees losing, and, uh, well, Toronto won. So it's still a five-and-a-half game lead for Tampa Bay. That's the biggest yeah, and lead Toronto's in the division. Yeah, and Toronto's now in second place. That's so correct. The Yankees, the Yankees would be a wild card today. Yep, and, the Yan- and remember, the Blue Jays can help themselves. They still have all ten of their games with the Yankees. Yep, that's yep. right. They're just going to start. And uh, so, anyway, Aaron Boone and Kevin Cash were suspended for the little dust-up with the with the Rays. And I tell you, I said this last year, when there's a fight in the American League East, the, A's, the Rays are usually involved in it somehow. Okay. There's just a problem with the Rays. I don't know why. Now, I've got a bunch of trades here. Let, and before you these... do that, before you do okay. that, Chris, let's go ahead and get our break, and we're past the bottom of the hour. Okay. So let's go ahead and do that, sure. and we'll come back and talk trades. Oh, yep. Give me just one second, guys. The they think focused away, but give me just one second. Okay, we'll, okay. we will do that. Just one second. We will second. sing Hocus Pocus by Focus until it's There we go. <laughs> I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org slash caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow, but shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Okay. Now, most of these trades, I'm just going to sort of read them because almost all these trades, unless we have somebody that, that that's in the list, 
were for cash and or a player to be named later and or a prospect that we don't really know much about. So, you know, that's basically what's going on here. That's how these trades work at that time of year. Of course, the trading deadline was 4 p.m. Eastern time on last Monday, the 31st of uh, August. I, so was we're surpri- just- I was surprised that we even had a trading deadline this baseball season with the way, with the way you know, the season started. Oh, some things you've got to do. You know, Robert, people would miss the trading deadline. You know, come <laughs> on, Robert. This is okay. It's kind of cool. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, so- it is. So, and, and, you know, it's, yeah, San Diego, the other people, San Diego, it's San Diego's world. Everybody else just lives in it. So we'll, Yeah, you know, they, they made more trades than anybody else. So I got these um, sort of in reverse chronological order, I think, because I took them off the board where we get our stuff uh, because Phil Moore was, our phone system was not back up yet. But anyway, we got them. And if there's anything I forget or if anybody wants to comment, uh, go ahead. All Ross right. Stripling from the Dodgers to Toronto for cash or, again, player to be named later. Yeah. Um, well, you know, they tried to get they tried to get rid of him last winter. They tried to send him to the Angels with Jock Peterson. So the, the Dodgers must have really wanted to get rid of him. But I think he'll do good for Toronto. Okay. San Diego got uh, Devin Williams, who's a pitcher uh, from Seattle. And uh, he's a reliever. He's a reliever, yeah. Kevin Pillar went from the Red Sox to uh, Colorado. And uh, he was going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I like Pilar, and I'd love I'd love to see him come back, especially if they don't get re-sign Jackie Bradley Jr. But uh, we'll see what happens on that because I, I like Pilar too. Well, the he's Mets, going to do he's going to do well in Colorado. So the Mets got Todd Frazier back, uh, who was with them yep. before uh, for a catcher, Robinson Chirinos from Texas. Yeah, no, uh, Todd Frazier and Robinson Chirinos came to the Mets from Texas. And the Mets just gave them, I believe, cash or a player to be named later. Okay. All I right. wonder, Chris, if that means when they went out and got a catcher, if that means that uh, Tomas Nito, who is their normal second catcher, is not coming back very quickly from the virus. No, that is, that's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Miguel Castro from Baltimore to the Mets, and he's a relief pitcher. Yes. Then we have uh, Kevin uh, Smith, a minor league uh, pitcher, can't, went back the other way. Sometimes you do true. have a name. Yeah. Uh, C- Cubs uh, got Cameron Maven from Detroit, and uh, and the Angels then sent Brian uh, Goodwin, outfielder, to Cincinnati. And Cincinnati also got the Arizona closer, uh, Archie Bradley. And then the Cubs got Andrew uh Chafin from Arizona, and then uh, Josh Osage from the Red Sox. And we were talking about him, uh, Perry and I, and he, uh, they're both two left-handed pitchers. We were talking about him, and we were saying – We do know the return on that one, Chris. Zach Short, an infielder to the Red Sox. Okay. okay. And the thing is that um, basically he's like a one-hitter guy. He's one of these guys that's not going to benefit very well from, from having the, uh, the three-batter rule. Uh, in the inning, so we'll no. see what happens. Although Sorry, he Mark. has do- he has done pretty well so far. Oh, good. He, I don't think he did much here, but nobody, no pitchers have. Um, let's see. Starling Marte from Arizona to Miami for uh, Jonathan uh, VR, I think is his name. Yep, that's VR. it. Yeah, uh, VR. Yeah. David Phelps to Philadelphia from Milwaukee. Uh, Robbie Ray. From Arizona to Toronto, he was the pitching for the uh, Blue Jays today. Yeah, he, and he was one of their starters. So again, yeah. I think Toronto did well with the, what they got. Well, he didn't pitch real well today, but you know who these these games. I mean, the Red Sox got a quick lead on. I mean, they lost ten to eight, but they got a four to one lead off this guy. So right, whatever. right. Um, and uh, Travis uh, Bergen uh, from Oakland. Uh, what's going on with this uh, from Oakland? Uh, 
Travis Bergen. I've got the name here. Do you I know don't. who that was? Oakland. And Mike Miner went from uh, Texas. Uh, he, went from te- he went from Texas to Oakland. I, I yeah. don't know who the Travis Bergen For two is. players. Tra- well, tra- he's a mystery, a mystery Go ahead, man. Marty. I was going to say Travis Bergen might have gone the other way. Yeah. Uh, okay. Could, could have. Yeah. Yeah. They got Mike Miner. They wanted yeah. Mike Miner, and they got him. Uh, yeah, okay. well, I don't, I don't understand I why. Was, go ahead, Sean. I think he was part of that trade. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I don't understand why the A's got Mike Miner. He was 0-5, but I see that Bob Melvin immediately put him in the bullpen, so who knows? Okay. Now, this is the biggest trade probably. Mike Clevenger uh, for Greg Allen yeah. and Greg Allen to San Diego from Cleveland. And those Now, was Greg Allen the other guy that uh, went uh, escaping that time? No, it, it, Mike Clevenger no, no, Mike that was Clevenger Zach Plezak. Mike Clevenger oh, Zach was Plezak. one and yeah. Zach, Zach Plezak or, was the other. Yeah, okay. But anyway... And they get uh, they got Kyle uh, Quantrill, a pitcher from the Padres, and uh, uh, and uh, some uh, Hagees, a Austin, catcher. Austin Hedges, a catcher. Hedges, yeah. a catcher, and and four prospects. So they got yeah. a, a haul on that. Yeah, that was a nine-player trade altogether. So we we yep. need to clear up. We try to clear up our uh, make our corrections, and we found out after the show. Michael Givens, who we talked about last week being traded uh, to Colorado from Baltimore as a pitcher, not an outfielder. Yep, and. Uh, and Austin Nola, a catcher from Seattle to San Diego. Yeah. So, and, J- and Jason and, and, Castro from the Angels to the Padres. That's okay. right. And also they got Trevor Rosenthal from Kansas City, and now he's San Diego's new closer. Uh, the Padres are dangerous. The National League, you better watch out. <laughs> okay. And uh, I think in that trade, two Ty friends went from the Padres to the Mariners. He's a pretty good up-and-coming player, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, you okay. got to give up something. And yep. the Padres oh, – yeah had to give him up. So uh, pretty good little player, the second baseman. Going yeah. And the Padre, where the Padres are at, I think right now, from what their GM said on the front office this morning, the Padres have made the decision. Basically what they need to do is get in and they think they can win. Okay. Hey, what's up yeah. with well, Arizona? That'd be interesting. That'd oh, be interesting. Hold, go, ahead, go ahead, Bill. What's up with Arizona? I, I, uh, Arizona's falling apart and their team's not very out? good. Um, by, the, by the way, a prediction from our producer in the 515 i'm yeah. told that probably not this year but if they get off to a bad start next year in arizona lavello might very well be on the hot seat that is correct yeah. well okay so i think we got any more baseball notes are we ready to go to no, the, I, th- uh, I think we're ready to go ahead to basketball, basketball. playoffs baby okay we baby, playoffs. we're into the playoffs got some basketball and hockey playoffs okay yep. so we'll pick up where we left off last week denver beat utah Four games to three. We had some seventh games, and Denver uh, beat uh, the Utah Jazz, and Houston beat Oklahoma City four games to three. Then we had some games on Saturday this weekend, and we'll give you some scores on those and tell you where those series stand. And so we have Toronto beating the Celtics 100 to 93. <clears throat> so that tied up the series, and the Celtics were very close to going up three nothing in that series. They they lost on a buzzer beater. On now Thursday. it's two two, right, Chris? Now it's two two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was very close to happening. And uh, so anyway, but now it's a, you know, and everybody expected a six or seven game series between these two teams. And that's what you're going to get. So the next game is tomorrow night at uh, 630, uh, you know, Eastern time with the Celtics uh, traveling to Toronto, as we say. Okay. So it's 2-2 tie. Denver beat the Clippers uh, 110 to 101. So that tied that series up at one apiece. Mm -hmm. And then uh, now we had on Friday night, and I don't remember the, the, uh, when I talked about this, and I said I was going to bring it up tonight because this is, and I got the names of the guys who said this thing. Uh, Lakers lost very badly to Houston. One twelve ninety seven. 
Thank you. And one twelve ninety seven. So the Lakers were behind one game to none against the Rockets. And apparently, and their, and their game tonight is just getting underway. Correct. Yep. And, and apparently, what you can do if you're a, a better, you go and you find out what the uh, what LeBron's posse is doing because LeBron's posse tends to bet against LeBron's teams in the first game because they don't win the first game. He knows that LeBron, maybe it's more fun. You get a little handicap like in golf or something. But there's these two guys, they're called the bankroll boys that are on the sports hub. And their names are Joe Murray and Dan Lipschatz. And they have made this statement. They said, if you if you follow LeBron's career, he's lost many of his first games. Not all of them, of course, many of them. And you you, you bet against LeBron early in the series, you know, in that first game. Now we'll see tonight. And it's almost going to prove, you know, if the Lakers come back and, hey, anything can happen. Lakers, you know, Houston's a good team. The Lakers come back and win, and especially fairly easily, it's going to kind of, you know, put the a, the little stamp of approval on what they're saying here. So, you know, you, you just just to say, yeah. okay, Milwaukee beat Miami today, 118-115 in overtime, and that was a couple of things in that game, and I listened to it. Milwaukee, of course, uh, as we love to say, staved off elimination because that's the only time you get to stave anything off. <laughs> and the thing is that they lost uh, Giannis in the first uh, half with a sprained ankle, 19 points he had, but Chris Middleton came up with 36 points, so the good number two uh-huh. dude came through April, and uh, helped them win that game, and, and uh, it's 3-1 to one Miami. What were you going to say, Robert? I thought I already had something to say. All right, yeah. so, but, uh, so anyway, but yeah, so Giannis, and of course we don't know how bad, whether we're talking a uh, – Kyle Lowry, Justin Haywood type of injury that can keep you out for a few days or or longer? No, the, really the, the report I read before we got on the air is uh, he's questionable for game five. So, No okay. team has ever in the NBA come back from a 3-0 deficit. No, they haven't. Now, we had and, – and this is a good spot because we're about to switch to hockey. Now, well, as soon as we mentioned that Steve Nash was hired by the – by the Brooklyn Nets as their head coach. Yeah. That was the other NBA news note this week. Yeah, that and and that brought up some controversy. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith. Okay. <laughs> oh, Stephen A. Smith. He made a very Stephen A. Smith statement. As <laughs> apparently, he called out Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant because. Why did they push, and why did they allow Steve, uh, Steve Nash to be hired? And, and, and plus, I think Steve, I think he was upset, Sean, that Kenny Atkinson got, you know, fired. But whatever. Stephen A. Smith, in his in his little in his, his Stephen A. Smithness, said <laughs> at the time we had Alvin Gentry, Nate, uh, Nate McMillan, two African American coaches let go. And he goes, the, and according to him, he's saying, well, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant should push for an African-American cho- coach. They sold out to get Stephen Nash, which I take it as a different thing. Steve Nash was a consultant with the Golden State Warriors. Kevin Durant worked out with Steve Nash. Kevin Durant has a relationship with Steve Nash. He said he probably said, "I think this guy knows what he can do. I'd love to have him coach us." So Stephen A. Smith stuck that foot in his mouth again. Well, see, you know, see, I mean, the way, and the way be... I look, the way I look at things with with coaches, I don't look at whether a coach is oh, male, yeah. female, white, 
uh, black, whatever you are, if you're the best available person for that job, that's who should get the job. Well, welcome to this. And now he's a new coach and welcome to the Kyrie show. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, you go into a team with Kyrie. He's a coach killer. He's also, you know, he, he didn't kill, you know, um, uh, Brad Stevens or anything, but he 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 came as close. He killed that team last year, and I'm telling you. And you got Durant now. Durant okay. seems like a good guy. Go That's start. okay. I'll be out in just a few minutes. Yeah. But you you've got um you've got two factions already. You've got Kyrie and Kevin, the two um you know veterans, and you've got all the kids who did what they did. I'm not saying they were a great team, but they got into the playoffs, and you know they they did they improved yeah. this year. So they're going to say. Like the Celtics did, hey, we did it without you last year, Mr. Kyrie. What's your big deal? You know, when Kyrie got hurt and they went to the finals, you know, went to the Eastern finals and lost in seven. And then he's trying to say, you got to do it this way. You got to do it that way. And the, the Celtics said no. And the Mets, Nets may say the same thing. So, you, you this is going to be a, a, you know, the Nets are always a circus. They just are. So, yeah, they, you know, yeah, they, well, what, I understand, what, what I understand, though, everything I'm reading says it was a great hire. And they're oh, lucky to have him. I think and, it is. and yeah, and 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 look out, the, the Nets are going to be better. Are they going to be as good as the Celtics and the and the Bucks? Maybe not, but or yeah. Toronto. Well, they should matter. be better. You're right. You be better. I, I think it is a good hire. When you got those guys, Durant. You know, Durant's getting older, but Durant's you know a good player. Kyrie's uh, okay, but he's got to shut his mouth. And Kevin, I don't know enough about Kevin. I think he's a good guy in the locker room. I don't. I've never heard any trouble with Kevin Durant. No, so no Kevin can, Durant no. doesn't have locker room trouble. I know. So if he can influence Kyrie to shut up, maybe everything will be all right. But and, that's uh, what and Steve, Steve Kerr had a lot to do with Steve Nash taking this job because he said, "Look." You actually played against Kyrie Irving in the league. He, he, Kyrie, when Kyrie Irving came in, you were still playing. So you can actually talk to him about what he does good, what he doesn't do right. Well, and, you, and he said, if anybody can finally reach this person, uh, you you can. He said, if yeah. you can't, then nobody can. So oh, reach, we'll reaching Kyrie, I would say good luck. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so I think we can switch over to hockey. Well, one okay, one more quick thing on the NBA before we close. Uh, John Folk, uh, who we talked about recently, the is Charlotte out. radio announcer. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, He's he gone. is out as Charlotte's Hornets. Okay. Yeah. Yep. The the guy who can't type. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So getting to the NHL, uh, we have our final four and we had, we almost had, and this is the thing I was going to tell you as we switch from one sport to the other, I heard a statistic and I don't remember where I heard it on one of the broadcasts that in the NBA, there have only been nine, actually it might've been two different broadcasts, an NBA broadcast and a, and an NHL broadcast. But I did hear sometime this week, nine teams have come back from three to one deficits in uh, the NBA to win. And uh, in the but only but thirty three or so thirty one thirty three something like that have done it in the NHL over the years. Why yeah. I don't know. It's not like there've been more series. You know the leagues have grown at about the same rate. Since and, the and, in the, and in the and in the and in the NHL, Chris, we've actually had some teams come back from a three zero deficit. We one have of them, one of them. I will yeah. never we've forget. Had at least Thank three. <laughs> we've had at least yeah. three. We had the the Flyers do it to the Bruins. We had the Islanders do it to the Penguins. And we had the. Uh, in 1942, I know the. Uh, I think it was Toronto did it to Detroit. And but, we all and we also had the Kings do it to the Sharks a few years ago. There you go. So yeah, so that's happened. But yeah. I don't understand it. But just the way it is. Well, we had one team that. Uh, well, they played a good game, but they weren't going to come back from a three-one deficit. Uh, the others tried a lot. Uh, came a lot closer. Tim, 
Tampa Bay beat the Bruins in overtime, and so Tampa Bay uh, went on to the Eastern Final uh, by beating the Bruins in five games. Uh, you know, Dallas beat Colorado on this was on Friday, five to four in overtime in Game Seven. Again, Dallas had trailed uh, three, three to one, three to one, and uh, actually no, Colorado had trailed three to one. Dallas yeah. won. All the yeah. teams who were up three to one won their series. Dallas right. had been up three to one. And they won their series in overtime, 5-4 in Game 7. And then, so Dallas uh, beat Colorado four games to three. Vegas Golden Knights beat Vancouver 3-0. I think there were a couple of empty netters at the end there. It was basically a scoreless game with about 10 minutes to go. And so, um, again, uh, Vancouver had been down 3-1, made it 3-3, but the Golden Knights move on. Uh, and the Islanders beat the Flyers. I didn't even uh, listen to this game last night. I was busy. Four nothing. They they really dominated them after the Island, uh, the Flyers had fought back to tie that series. So now in Edmonton, which is where the games are going to be, uh, all the NHL games will now be in Edmonton, both conference final. Uh, Dallas will face the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, and that's uh, going on right now. Eight o'clock Sunday night they started. That's and tomorrow right. night at eight o'clock. I think all your hockey games are going to be starting at eight o'clock from now on, which that's is a good. Correct. Good time for everybody, uh, east and west, that works. And the Islanders at Tampa Bay. Now, the Islanders, by the way, this is their first conference final since uh, 1993. So, That's correct. And, uh, and we will Chris, have Dallas, has- Dallas has a 1-0 lead in this ten- in tonight's game with two minutes to go in the first period. Okay. okay. And and the thing is, the uh, this, we're going to have some new, a new champion. Vegas Golden Knights have never won it. Dallas hasn't won it since 1999. Tampa Bay hasn't won it since 2004, and the Islanders haven't won it since '83. So we're going to have somebody who's not been a Stanley Cup champion, uh, you know, in in the recent history, uh, winning this cup. So uh, there you go. It's not necessarily the the draw that the network, you know, Tampa Bay. They're going to get some pretty good audience, I think, down there. Uh, and Vegas, I think, will do well audience wise. <laughs> Uh, and Dallas, I guess I'll pay attention. Hey, what else? Were the Cowboys well, since we're making predictions, Chris, um, I am picking the New York <clears throat> Islanders and the Vegas Golden Knights to be your representatives in the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay. All right. So I think that's hockey. But, I, I, you know, it, it, I think – you know, the Islanders are like the third team in the metropolitan area, but they'll get some some viewers. I think it'll be all right for them, but it's not the teams maybe they hope for. But they and and Canada's out again. They yeah, have not and had Canada, and Canada has not won since 1993. So correct, correct. Yeah. The last and, time the Islanders were in the finals, and Montreal beat them. In the yeah, Eastern and final. Uh, yeah, and uh, this is going to be the perfect slap in the face to the Washington Capitals if Barry Trotz takes another team and wins another cup. Congratulations, yep. Capitals! See what you could have had. You know, uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he. Well, he, no, he. Well, two years ago, the Capitals won the cup. He was their coach. Yeah, his know. contract was up, and they basically said thank you, but no thank you. So you know, <laughs> this is what they get. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay, no, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're ready to go to the NFL now. And okay. as we do that, uh, Chris, let's hit the. I mean, everybody always wants to hit this topic. Let's hit it right off the bat. Okay. So far, knock on wood, I have not heard that TuneIn is not having the NFL. So far, right. I have not heard that. So uh, at least as of now, now that this could change, but as of now, TuneIn Live should be good for the NFL, we hope. Yep. So it's uh, hockey and uh, NFL right now on TuneIn that we know right. of. 
for the, for the pros. And of course, college is always a crapshoot anyway. And right. uh, who knows this year? So for the NFL, we have a few uh, transactions notes to get. We had uh, Randy Gregory coming back uh, has has the option or the what did Randy Gregory do? Back. I lost track of him. Uh, no, he's, he had drug, he's had drug issues over the years. Okay. But he All is right. back conditional. He will have a statement when he returns to the team. But okay, so that's he, for the Cowboys. He is back with the Cowboys. Yeah. Yep. The, uh, the Chargers signed Keenan Allen to a four-year, $80 million contract. He's the second highest paid wide receiver. Uh, Houston uh, signed Deshaun Watson, uh, Watson, their quarterback, a four-year, $160 million contract. contract. $111 million guaranteed. That is correct. Yeah. And thirty nine million this year, yeah. and he'd be second uh, quarterback in pay. Uh, I think uh, it more than Mahomes is going to make. Yeah, so. and matter, yeah. Wow. Ma- matter of fact, uh, over the next four years, even though Mahomes has a bigger contract, Watson will be making more yearly. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because Mahomes is longer. Yeah. Uh, Adrian P- Peterson to the Lions. Uh, yep. you know, we'll he by, by the way, he was cut by Jacksonville earlier this week. Okay. Oh, and so there. I don't forget Leonard Fournette was cut by uh, Jacksonville. Oh, and, yeah, Fournette was cut by Jacksonville. Uh, Peterson was cut by the Washington Washington FT. Washington football team. Chris, we think that Fournette might wind up with the Bears. Well, he's oh, already, no, he he already, he's with he's already signed with Tampa Bay. Bay. He's already yeah, signed with Tampa Bay as well. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Chicago. Now the Chicago media was tweeting that he was coming to the Bears. That's where no, I was no, getting that. No, he signed with Tampa Bay like he, Thursday. He, he's already yeah, signed he with Tampa Bay, Perry. Sorry. He yep. Yeah, he's already there. So that was so Adrian Peterson to the Lions. They usually don't have a good running back. So, but I don't know if they still do. Adrian so he signed for a one-year league, the league minimum for his age, which is and, still pretty and, good. And uh, and how and really, how much does Adrian Peterson got left in the tank? Not much. You know? Not much. No. Damian Clowney, Clowney, one year, Jamie fifteen million to Tennessee. Yep. So uh, we'll see if he can stay healthy. Guaranteed. You know, we'll see yep. what happens with that. Yep. So, and New Orleans was courting him big time. They, they were trying to get him big time. The Raiders were in on him. New Orleans was in on him. A few other teams were in. And he ended up firing his agent, and he made the deal himself with Tennessee. So Okay. So and we're going to do NFL picks for what it's worth, and then we're going to do the schedule. And I'm going to do my picks, and now I have to cook up another team. I'll, I'll, I'll fudge it. We'll figure out another playoff team because I didn't even remember that we had seven in each conference this year. So you're going to have a one by team, two and seven, three, six, four, five is the way they're going to play. And then, of course, they'll reseed when they move to the and second Marty, round. And like Marty, you Marty chime in with your picks. Yeah. If you want to, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So I'm uh, so just picking the divisions, of course, and then the playoff team. So I'm picking the Patriots in the East. I figure they still have the best quarterback with with uh, Newton uh, in the division. I'm, I'm not that sold on Josh Allen. I don't think he's done much. The Bills have a better all around team, but I think that quarter it's a quarterback league. So I'm kind of picking the Patriots in a close. I think we're talking teams that are nine and seven, ten and six. We're not talking uh, uh, upper echelons. Patriots aren't going to be as good as they were with Tom Brady. Then Baltimore in the uh, in the North. I think that's kind of a no brainer the way that division is set up. Tennessee, I think, can do it in the in the South because they had a great end of the year. And if Henry comes back the way he was and, and uh, Tannehill plays the way he was, and then Kansas City in the West, of course, the uh, other playoff teams I would think would be Houston, the Chargers, and I'll throw in Pittsburgh because uh, Roethlisberger's back and uh, say that that would be the seven in the NF- NF- AFC. 
And I agree AFC. with your division winners, Chris, all except I am going to go with the Bills. I think the okay. Bills might That's be able fine. to pull it off this year. Other yep. than that, I agree. Other than that, I agree with your AFC picks. Okay. Yeah. And I have I'm Tennessee going, going, going to Tampa Bay. In the okay. AFC. The Tampa Bay. The NFC. Over, yeah. over we'll get into the NFC yeah. in a minute here. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. No, and I'm going to say that the Tennessee will, will come out of the AFC into the Super Bowl. And the NFC, I've got Philadelphia winning uh, that division, as they did last year. Uh, Philadelphia and Dallas will be the two good teams. Giants will be a little better, but the Washington uh, will not be good. Uh, Minnesota to win the Central, but that's, I mean, the North, I always want to call it the Central. Uh, that is yeah. uh, going to be a tough division because those three teams, I think all teams, the Lions are okay, but, I mean, I think the Bears and the Vikings and the Packers will really have a good race as they did last year. But I think Minnesota has a better all-around team, so I think they can do it. Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Tampa All except Tom. they hate their quarterback in Minnesota, Chris. Yes, they do. But oh, yet they, they, do? they gave him a contract extension, so That's figure right. that out. But, yeah. play, but yeah. his teammates say he's weak and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, Tampa Bay, I think, will win that division because somebody different always wins the NFC South anyway every year. New Orleans won it last year. But I think New Orleans will be uh, you know, probably in the playoffs. Maybe that's my seventh team to get in. I'll have to see what I did for the playoff. No, yeah, I think the, Tampa Bay. They've got a good offense. The reason I'm not – I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl is I don't think they have a good enough defense. I think Tom's going to put up a lot of points there. But Yeah, but don't, don't you think New Orleans has a better team overall, though? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do, but I, I just have a feeling that, you know, in the regular season that they can kind of sneak through. And uh, but New Orleans has some defensive issues, too, though. I mean, they've yeah, been in they some real, real wild yeah. shootouts, so yeah. I'm not sold on their defense, anybody's defense in that division. It's going to be some wild football. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm going with Tampa Bay. Then Seattle to win the West, and uh, just because I think, again, they have an all-around team. I think San Francisco's offense is a little weak, and, uh, will you know, uh, Seattle should have more weapons than they do, but Wilson's a great quarterback. Those comebacks, I'm, I'm telling you, every week it seems like he's pulling a comeback somehow, you know, when, when they're behind. He, he's a very good quarterback. And so for the uh, uh, playoff teams, the other playoff teams, I'd say Green Bay, San Francisco, and uh, you're right, New Orleans would be the other team. And I'm picking Seattle to go all the way. So I got uh, Seattle and Tennessee in the Super Bowl. Okay. I, th- I think my wow. picks would be okay. my picks would be I I'm going to pick Dallas in the East. I think McCarthy is going to come in there, Mike McCarthy, and I think he's going to get that team a little more fired up. Um, I will pick New Orleans in the South, San Francisco in the West, and Green Bay in the North. And okay. uh, and I agree with your other super, play. Who are your super Super Bowl teams? I oh, think do your do your AFC I, th- I think it'll be the Chiefs and I think it'll be the Saints. The Chiefs and Saints. Okay. Wow, okay. okay. Your AFC right. your AFC division winners. You do your AFC he, division. He Buffalo, but I think he agreed with me on the other divisions except I did. I I agreed with okay. Chris. Yeah. Okay. Except except yeah. I picked the Bills as opposed to the Patriots. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. I am gonna go in the AFC. I'm gonna go Buffalo in the East. I'm going Buffalo. I'm going Baltimore, of course, in the north. north. In the in the south, I'm going Houston. Yes, I'm going okay. a little homer, but I don't care. In the west, I'm going Kansas City. Your wild card is going to be Tennessee, Indianapolis, New England. In the NFC, in the east, I'm going with Dallas. And as Chris Berman calls them, the NFC Norris. Yes. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to go with Green Bay. Green Bay and the NFC wow, North. Okay. There. In the NFC North, yeah. I'm going with New Orleans. I'm going to go with Seattle in the West. 
My wild card teams, I'm going with Tampa Bay. I'm going with Carolina. I'm going with San Francisco. My Super Bowl, Kansas City, Seattle. Kansas okay. City, Seattle with Kansas Ooh. City winning the Super Bowl again. And that's the old that's an old AFC rivalry. That that would be yeah, there is. Okay. Go ahead, Robert. Um, for mine, I'm going to take Buffalo in the AFC East, Baltimore in the yep. Central, in the north. Uh, or in the north. north. Um, I'm going to take uh, Tennessee in the South, Kansas City in the West. Um, playoff teams. Uh, let's see, we need two more, right? Three. Yeah, you uh, need three altogether. Three. Three. Um, three. Yeah. Yeah, I will take uh, Pittsburgh, uh, New England. And maybe the Raiders. Uh, although I don't, I'm oh. really not. I'm really not sure if the Raiders are going to do it, but I'll, I'll put them in there anyway. Robert, uh, none of us are sure if any of these teams are going to do um, it. So <laughs> uh, in the in in the NFC, I'll go with Dallas. I think Mike McCarthy is going to make a big difference there. Uh, Dallas in the East, uh, Minnesota in the Central. North. Uh, and and uh, I always want to call it Central. Yeah, me too. The yeah. same teams as, they were in the yeah. hey, they started in '67, the NFC uh, NFL Central. So you yeah, know, this, um, yeah, Minnesota in the North, New Orleans in the South, and uh, I will go with Seattle in the West. I think the 49ers will be one of the playoff teams, uh, along with uh, uh, Carolina and Ooh. Green Bay. Okay. Yeah, who are your super, who's your Super Bowl uh, team? Uh, Kansas City and New Orleans, and with Kansas City winning it again. Okay, the Hank Stram Marty Bowl. Bill. Okay, <laughs> Marty. Marty. Bill. All right, I'm I'm kind of going. I'm not as studied up on these as you guys, but I'm going to go with uh, as 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 I was reminded that Tampa Bay is not in the AFC; they're in the NFC. So that's right. Um, I'm, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with Buffalo, uh, and I'm going to go with. Um, I, I got it. Okay, let's see. Tennessee, they're in okay. the south there. And yep. the central. Oh, give me the central teams real quick one more time. Okay, Just Baltimore, so I, Pittsburgh, I, Cleveland, Cincinnati okay. in, the, in the north. Baltimore, yep. Baltimore, Baltimore in the, in the uh, central. Yeah. And yeah. in the west, uh, AFC West, I got um, Kansas City, no, the Raiders, uh, yeah, now in Vegas. Kansas, yeah, yeah, Kansas City. That's, yeah, yeah, okay. That one to me is an O-brainer. Yeah. Okay. That's right. And NFC. And NFC. And Tampa Bay in the east. They're in the north. They're in the south. They're in the south. They're, okay, Tampa Bay in the south. We'll do it for, I was going to get them in there somehow. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> all right. Central. Um, give me that the would be your Packers, Green Bay, Vikings, Minnesota, Lions, Bears. Chicago, and Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Packers. Packers. Okay. Like the Packers. All right. And, and that one. And then. In the, the east, west, you got I'm Dallas and Philadelphia. Dallas, Dallas, Philadelphia. Dallas in the east. Dallas okay. in the east, and the 49ers in the west. And okay. who's your Super Bowl team? Super Bowl teams are going to be Kansas City, New Orleans. Okay, the Hank Stram Bowl again. All right. And who? Yeah. And who wins? And, you know, while we're at this, Bill, give us give us a few seconds if you've heard anything on the Colts because I have not heard much about them. Well, the Colts. Yeah. They're they're doing okay. I think they've improved their wide receivers. Their defense has improved. I think if the Colts don't win 
their division, the South, they're going to be a strong wild card team. That's where I'm going to be. And certainly, Phil, yeah, I, would, I think you would agree, Philip Rivers has upgraded them a little bit. Well, think yeah, about Bill, that. I think we, I think we yeah. can all agree on, on the worst team in the, in, the, uh, in the NFL will be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, they're, oh, they're, Jacksonville you know, I mean, everybody's yeah. leaving. Well, from, what you, from what you hear, they're trying to tank. Yeah, and well, oh, don't, yeah, you, don't, you think the, don't you think the Washington Thank football forever. team will, will follow suit? Well, you know, yeah. be as bad as Jacksonville? Who? Yeah. The Washington football team. You know, oh, they're not yeah. going to be good. No. They're not going to be good. But the, no. but the Jaguars are tanking for Trevor. Yes, they they're are. So, they're Bill, do you, do you want to make picks or you just yeah, uh, no, want to leave it at Or at least maybe make a Super Bowl pick, even if you want to go through the whole divisions or whatever. Well, I'm, I'm, pretty close ahead, with I'm pretty close with Sean, pretty much. But I'm I'm looking in the Super Bowl because we've all kind of went over these picks. I think New England's going to kind of fall off the cliff this year. So okay. I'm I, I don't really think Buffalo's all that great either. But I th- I think New England's times come and gone. But and I think Tampa Bay's going to do well in the South. But I would have to go with Kansas City and. New Orleans, if they don't find a way to lose, okay. well, well, that's, that's, that's good. That's good, Bill. The real two two five would be happy with that pick. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yes, yeah. that's right. And yeah. so would and so would Pam. So it yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we got All the right. schedule upcoming here for this week, and this uh, looks like it's going to be hey one week anyway. We don't know what's going to happen after that, but uh, here's the and, schedule. And also keep also keep one thing in mind while Chris goes over the schedule. Some parks, will, some stadiums will have fans. Some will not. So okay, most Houston, will have about twenty-five percent. Yeah, Houston at Kansas City on Thursday night, the tenth, eight twenty p.m., and that's on NBC. Uh, I don't know what kind of. I'm sure they'll have some real special uh, stuff. Uh, you know, even if it's uh, virtual with some some kind of a concert or something like they always do. So I'm sure they'll do something pretty cool. Okay, the Sunday games. A lot of early games on Sunday. Seattle at Atlanta, one p.m. on Fox. Uh, the Jets are at Buffalo in an early key divisional matchup, 1 p.m. on CBS. Chicago at Detroit, 1 p.m. on Fox. Green Bay at Minnesota, 1 p.m. on Fox. So those divisions are going to face each other. Same with the Patriots. The East, the AFC East and the NFC North are going to face each other right away. Miami at the Patriots, 1 p.m. on CBS. <clears throat> Philadelphia at Washington, 1 p.m. on Fox. The uh, Las Vegas at Carolina, 1 p.m. on CBS, and of course that's the Raiders. As, uh, yeah, now keep Raiders. one thing. Keep one thing in mind: with the West Coast teams going east, uh, it, nor- uh, it normally doesn't work out too well for the West Coast no. teams. So keep no. that in mind. Indianapolis opens up at Jacksonville. There you go, Bill. 1 p.m. on CBS. Cleveland at Baltimore. 1 p.m. on CBS. The Chargers are at Cincinnati. 4:05 p.m. on CBS, which means Fox has a doubleheader. Tampa Bay at New Orleans, uh, 4.25 p.m. Now, there's the big game of the day. That'll be Everybody's the big game. That's the big game of the day. Brady and Breeze. Right. They've only yeah. met about three or four times, and they've had, they, they had a great game in 2013 that the Patriots won at the last second. So this is a, a, a big matchup of Hall of Famers, so that's going right. to be great. We're going to have Arizona at San Francisco, 4.25 p.m. on Fox. Dallas at the at the Rams, eight twenty p.m. on NBC, the Sunday night game, and that and is have, the opening of the L.A. brand new stadium for both right. the Rams and the Chargers. That's right. So. That's right. And yep. Monday night, uh, we have two games, of course, as we do in the first week: Pittsburgh at the Giants, uh, seven fifteen p.m. on ESPN, and Tennessee at Denver at ten ten p.m. on ESPN. Oh, wow. So. 
There we go. And, and, the, and the Denver-Tennessee game will be done by uh, uh, Chris Fowler, uh, uh, Herb Street, and, and the college uh, uh, number one crew, the number okay. one college football crew. So we got any more uh, uh, college, I mean, for pro football to talk about? No, no. I think we've covered that. <laughs> okay. So I guess it's time for Sean and uh, – and Perry to put on their college hats and uh, do the big the Big Ten dance or whatever they want to do this week. Well, let's get the, the let's get the other stuff out of the way first. The Big Twelve, we know, will play their non-conference games this week. It was a kind of a messy. So the ACC. It was kind of a it was kind of a messy week in Ames this week. On Monday, uh, Jamie Pollard, the athletic director, comes out and says we're going to allow twenty five thousand fans if you go by the rules. And basically, the rules were you have to wear your mask and. You know, you enter the stadium early, uh, social distance, and all, all the stuff that you're asked to do, basically. Then on Wednesday, the school president comes out and says that, uh, no, she is not going to allow fans. And uh, Jamie Pollard was very quick to point out that that was not his decision, that she made that decision. And uh, at least so far, she has not um, come out and said why, what changed between Monday and Wednesday, because yes, the numbers in several counties in Iowa are pretty high, but it wasn't that much difference between Monday and Wednesday. So I don't know where she, you know, where she went between Monday and Wednesday. So it was kind of a messy week in Ames, but they will take under consideration if they'll have fans down the road after this game, but there will be none on Saturday when they play Louisiana. But Mm -hmm. what are our, our big games on Saturday, Sean? Uh, really not any big games, really. It's just much teams. I mean, Notre Dame-Duke is probably the biggest. I think that's got some potential to be good. Yep. Yeah, it has to do. A lot of the others are ACC and Big 12 teams playing other other teams. Now, we were supposed to have SMU-TCU. However, that game has been canceled. And not because necessarily TCU had anybody on the football team, but TCU only has 7,000 students on campus. They had 25, they had about 29, 29 outbreaks of COVID-19, and some football players were contact tracing. So TCU canceled it to be safe because, like I said, 7,000 uh where you got a, a lot of your bigger schools, like in Ohio State, Texas, have 50,000. It's a lot different where they have 7,000 and 29 cases. 29 cases and football players, they said, oh, yeah, we probably need to cancel this one now. Or they postponed it. They both have, they both have by dates, two by dates that match up. So they may make it up. But if TCU is in conference contention, they may say, you know what, we're not going to work on, we're not going to worry about this. So that all depends. Tennessee, here's the big one. Tennessee does not start, SEC does not start until the 26th of September. But they had to cancel the scrimmage. 44 players either uh, can they either contracted it or the contract contact tracing. So they had to cancel because 44 people were affected and they had to be quarantined. They didn't say how many were contact tracing or how many were uh, actually infected. They let they just said most were contact tracing, so they're quarantining to make sure. So now in yesterday's games, 
Texas State played SMU. They had 12, but they were able to still go ahead and play. So they pulled it off. And one thing that college football is doing this year, an electronic whistle, which is really weird. Which we don't even understand why they're doing it, because if you're using your own whistle, you know, it's your whistle. I don't get it, but, you know. That was a good game, by the way. Texas State, SMU, it was a pretty good game. I'm I'm thinking the air, if you were too close to the players. Okay, I just thought of something, and, uh, you know, quickly put on my medical hat. If your air would perhaps come out of the side of the whistle when you blow a whistle, you know how when you were a kid and you had a little whistle, how there'd be air coming out of a little hole there? That's why the whistle blows. And if you were right on top of the pile of the players, you, you, you would be expelling air from your body, you know, out of in, into the air by these oh, yeah. people that are there. That That's what I just came up with. But I'm, I'm, I'm totally guessing. But that's all I could think of. Yeah. Anyway. And, so and, of, course the, and of course, the announcers – uh, are working from home, but the sideline reporters are right amongst the people. So I don't know what kind of right. sense yes. that makes, uh, but so we that's don't, what doing. We'll, we'll see next week how that happens with different teams. Do the sideline reporters have masks week. on? That I don't know. Yes. Yes, okay. they did. Yes, they did. She mentioned her mask. The one with well, the okay. So, so um, Sean, do you want to tell the, uh, the you know, the, the Big Ten story? You know, I mean, they yeah, even look sillier than baseball now, the way they're doing things. Oh, okay. The Big Ten. As we reported, originally, remember, remember this, they were the first conference to say, to kind of cancel, and then they said, hey, we're going to, we're going to only, remember, they were the first conference to say, we're only going to do conference games. Then they said, they came out with their schedule, they were supposed to start this past week. Then six days after that, they were the conference saying, we're going to play in the spring. Along with Pac-12, Pac-12 gave very transparent uh, stuff as far as what they were going to do. But Big Ten did not, six days after they released their schedule. Then all of a sudden, as we reported last week, they were talking about Thanksgiving coming back. Now, this week, they talked about October 10th because, because here's their rationality. Thursday, remember we talked a few weeks ago about the uh, the testing, the 15-minute uh the testing that can be done. That the NBA used, uh, that Yale developed, correct. Yeah. Uh, Yale developed, the NBA and the NBA Players Association funded. It was made available this Thursday. So they said, oh, we can do this. Right. But Iowa, Nebraska, Ohio State were the three teams that voted no, not to cancel. They have to sway, what is it, Perry, two other they teams? They have to least? sway at least two. And at this point in time, nobody has come up with anybody that is willing to switch. And really, the rationale about the test is silly because everybody knew that that test, I mean, okay, that it would become available pretty quickly because we, yes. we talked about the NBA test a month. You know, we, we really publicized it about two weeks ago and about how well it did. But we knew about it a couple of months ago that there was a rapid test the NBA was using. I remember we talked about that. So, you know, it's not like nobody knew. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and they well, the Pac-12 now is. The the Pac-12 is talking about starting early too because of this speedy testing. So uh, yeah, the the Pac-12 is looking at it. Yeah, the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 has pretty much said they've stuck to two or three schedules. They've been very open about okay, this is what could happen now. But the Big Ten has been all over the place as far as what they're doing. I think what it comes down to is the the conferences they know when the playoff thing is coming out 
They do not want to get left out because if you get left out of the playoffs, what is really the sense in playing your schedule? Right. Yeah. Especially because you have all right now the AAC is playing. Remember the AAC had five teams that had ten wins last year: uh, Memphis, Cincinnati, Central Florida, uh, SMU, and Temple. So if the AAC works their way in there, and you know the Big Ten Pac-12 going, whoa, wait a minute. I mean, not that they worked their way in the playoffs, but the fact is they have some teams that can compete. Right. They have some teams. I mean, Memphis. Remember, Memphis last year was the highest-ranked team. Cincinnati. I mean, Central, all those teams. And the Big Ten and Pac-12 are going, oh, we're getting left out. What's mm-hmm. going on here? Wait, whoa. Yeah. And the Big Ten especially, where the Big Ten doesn't know what they're doing. The Big Ten, like we said, other than Major League Baseball, the Big Ten is probably well. The Big Ten is probably <laughs> worse than the baseball. Major League Baseball. The, baseball. Big, the Big yeah. Ten, in all the Big Ten, in all fairness, they miss Jim Delaney. Jim Delaney was he was the best he, commissioner. He was transparent, and you knew you knew what was going to happen. This guy is all over the place. Yeah, he was so, the best his, commissioner in all of sports. In his defense, what a year to have to come into this. Oh you know, no, well, kid, no kid! The COVID thing. I mean, and, uh, and I mean, was it Perry? You said last a couple of weeks ago how he had this guy had had three NFL jobs, and yeah. then uh, and, it, and those teams when his contract was up, they could not wait to get rid of this guy. And I think the people <laughs> in the Big Ten are figuring out why. Yeah. So, do we have any more uh, college football things we need to do before we start uh, doing the death? Nope, I think, oh, we, BYU, I think we got a big game Monday. BYU Navy. Oh, BYU and National Navy tomorrow game. night. Yep, that's right. Okay, yeah. so now we have um, we just and uh, yeah. David already took care of Lou Brock, and that was great because that, uh, we let's had three. Let uh, Marty take care of Bob Spencer first. Okay. Yeah, Marty, yeah. go ahead. All right, Bob Spencer dies at age eighty-seven. He coached at Fresno State. From 1981 to 93, compiling a record of 198 and 147. Under Spencer, the Bulldogs advanced to the Women's National Invitation Tournament in 1986 and in 1990 and had 20 or more wins four times under Spencer. And during the 86-87 season, the uh, Fresno State women's team made it into the top 25 for the first time. And in his 27-year coaching career, Spencer became the first NCAA women's basketball coach to win 500 games. And when he retired, he was the second winning as coach in its history with 578 wins. No cause of death was given, nor did it say when he died. And I will admit, you know, this article was in the Fresno Bee, and it was real heavy on Fresno stuff and nothing on anything else. But that kind of gives you an idea of what Mr. Spencer was about. Okay. I'm, I'm sure David could find more stuff. If, if yeah, we he, might. We'll see what uh, what that did. Uh, you, like last week, we talked yeah. about Clifford Robertson, and uh, David did come up with some more stuff, so I will throw that in near the end. But now we have a lot on Tom Seaver. We have some audio for Tom Seaver after I do his uh, his info, and then well, I'll do John Thompson, and we have some audio for him, too. And we'll do that. But these guys are like Lou Brock. You're talking, you know, we talk about sometimes these minor people, but, uh, you know, when you have it within a week, uh, John Thompson, Lou Brock, and Tom Seaver, that's, that's pretty and big Lou, stuff. Well, within, within like a seven day period, I mean, last week. Yeah, that would be a week. Awesome. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Tom Seaver was 75 years old. He bi- died both of the COVID virus and the Louis body dementia. And he was uh, Hall of Fame in '92, uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame, and I think he was elected uh, unanimously, if I remember. Yes, and, uh, he was. He's also in the Mets and the Cincinnati Halls of Fame. He, uh, he his number 41 was retired by the Mets, and it's 
and it's right on right in front of the ballpark. It's uh, 41. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. There's no hit before I get to that. No hitter for Cincinnati in June uh, 16th of 78. Uh, and uh, oh yes, it's uh, in Seaver Way, 41 Seaver Way is where the uh, stadium is, uh, City Field. Uh, he he, he uh, was. I didn't totally understood understand that he supposedly was going to get a scholarship from USC, but they were a little unsure how good he was going to be. So he went to Alaska, but I wasn't sure what kind of a team he played for. Uh, but he, we have some some kind of semi pro team. Yeah, semi pro uh, yeah, thing. Yeah. They went to a the, the uh, Alaska Gold Panthers. They went to some national tournament, and he did well there. So then USC did take him in, and uh, as a uh, and so he was a sophomore, and he was ten and two, and he was the tenth pick, tenth uh, round pick by the Dodgers. But he wanted uh, seventy thousand, and the Dodgers didn't want to give it to him. By the way, that year was the first year of the draft. Yeah, so nineteen sixty-five. Yep, sixty-five. So they weren't used to dealing with, you know, that would have been sort of a homegrown guy. They would have just grabbed probably in the old days. That's often you got regional guys, uh, or you know, you had your foreign scouts, like the famous story about hiding Roberto Clemente from from the Pirates so that they wouldn't pick him off. You know, that kind of thing. So you had all kinds of things. Right, but once we had the you, draft, could you imagine that pitching staff in the sixties and seventies if Seaver was at the, with the Dodgers? Well, they had a good one in, with the Mets too. Yeah. But anyway, so he he. He said no to the Dodgers, and he went to the Mets. He was there from 67 to through 77 Cincinnati, uh, 77 through 82. The Mets again in 83. The White Sox, 84 through 86. And then the Red Sox in 86, but he got injured, so he, he was uh, not only – he only pitched in a handful of games, uh, but uh, so he was unable to be in the playoffs. But he did win, of course, the World Series in 69 with the Mets. He was a 12-time uh, All-Star and uh, let's see, he was a Cy Young in the NFL, uh, in the NHL. Uh, uh, no, NL, NL. NL, yeah, yeah. NL. I'm, I'm looking at something else as I'm talking here. Yeah. He, he, uh, he was a wins leader in 69, 75, and 81. The ERA leader, 70 and 71 and 73. The strikeouts leader in 70, 71, 73, 75, 76. He had 311 wins, 205 losses, a 2.86 ERA, 3,640 strikeouts. And he and uh, uh, Walter Johnson, the only pitchers to ever be over 300 wins, under 3 uh, ERA, and uh, over 3,000 strikeouts. So that's uh, pretty good. He had one time in one game, he struck out 10 batters in a row. He had nine 200-strikeout uh, seasons uh, in, in a row. And, and the six, strike and the striking out ten in a row that is still a major league record right. in one game by the way. Sixty one shutouts, second to Warren Spawn in shutouts. Warren Spawn had sixty three, and of course he was on the great staff. You know, that's right. David USF was talking about if he'd been able to pitch with uh, Drysdale and, and maybe uh, Fernando later or whatever. Well, he pitched with Jerry Kuzman and he pitched with uh, John Matlack at various points. Nolan Ryan. So, uh, you know, that's quite a, a Mets staff, and that's uh, how the uh, Miracle Mets came about in 1969. He was a big part of it. So that's all I have on Tom Seaver. So, Bill, if you got some uh, Tom Seaver audio, that'd be cool. Right now, let's take it to the public address announcer at City Field, Marisol Castro. Please rise and remove your caps as we observe a moment of silence. Yes.
yesterday, the Mets and the baseball community were saddened by the news that we had lost a legend. George Thomas Seaver was born on November 17, 1944, in Fresno, California. He pitched for the University of Southern California before the New York Mets were awarded his signing rights as an amateur free agent. Tom Terrific took the league by storm, winning the National League Rookie of the Year in 1967 before being awarded the first of his three Cy Young Awards in the miraculous 1969 championship season. Seaver added a Cy Young during the Mets pennant run in 1973 and won the prestigious award again in 1975. He led the league in earned run average three times and topped the NL in strikeouts five times. Tom spent parts of 12 seasons with the Mets and he is the club's leader in wins, strikeouts, earned run average, innings pitched, and shutouts. The greatest player in club history. His nickname is fittingly the franchise. Tom's number 41 sits top City Field as the first player number retired by the Mets in 1988. Seaver was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame on the first ballot in 1992 with 98.8% of the vote, a record that would stand for nearly 25 years. In 2019, the address of City Field was changed to 41 Seaver Way. We will always remember Tom for his passion and devotion to his family, the game of baseball, and his vineyard. Okay, very good. All right, that was good. We had a couple little uh, little uh, notes that I didn't have, so that was very good. And I didn't oh. realize the Mets have a female PA announcer as well. I didn't know that. No. Okay, <laughs> then we move on to John Thompson. He was born in Washington, D.C., and he was 6'10". He went to Providence. He played there from 61 through 64, and they, he was the NIT champion with the Friars in 63. And then he went, uh, they went to their first NCAA uh, tournament in 64. And then he came to the Celtics, played here from 64 through 66. He was the backup to Bill Russell. Bill Russell was a great influence on his life. Uh, they were very close and, uh, you know, um, you know, who's kind of a mentor to him, I think. And uh, so they won the championship here, the, the two, uh, uh, the last two of the eight in a row from 59 through 66. He won. He was a part of the 65 and 66 team. Then uh, he was drafted by the Chicago Bull in the expansion draft in 66, but he didn't want to go, so he retired. And so he went uh, to Washington and started coaching at St. Anthony's High School in D.C. from 66 through 72. Then he started coaching in Georgetown from 72 through 99. He won, of course, the NCAA championship in 84, the first black coach to win an NCAA championship. He He had three Final Fours. He was the coach of the year nationally in uh, three times and the Big East coach three times. He won seven Big East tournament championships, and he went to 14 NCAA tournaments in a row, I think, from 79 through 92. Yes. Nin- 19 postseasons, uh, uh, 19 uh, NCAAs altogether, I think, and five NITs, so amazing record. His coaching record is 596 and 239. He was elected to the Basketball Hall of Fame in 1999 and the College Basketball Hall of Fame in 06. And he coached the 88 uh, Olympic team, which was the last uh, amateur team. And that was uh, the team. He was criticized. That team didn't do as yeah. well as everybody thought uh, that it would, but uh, they kind of thought he was a little bit. They ended bit... up winning a bronze. 
Yes, they did. But, you know, that was still a good team. And still, I'm sure if we went over that team, we'd know many of their names. Danny Manning, David Robinson. Yeah, still a good team. Yeah. And then he moved on after his coaching days into radio and TV. Of course, did uh, college basketball for Westwood One and the NCAA. Did stuff for TNT and the NBA. He uh, had a a show on uh, in Washington D.C. talk show and uh, let's see. Team nine eighty. And what's that? And Team nine eighty, right? And he he was the team, yeah, nine eighty. Yeah, and he was the runner-up in the NIT in '93. And uh, so uh, that that's it for John Thompson. He had he had some big he had some big work. You think of those back and forth with him and Luke Karnaseka. Those were subscribed. You had Raleigh Massimino, Jim Calhoun, Calhoun, and uh, Beheim, and Tom Davis, and uh, you know you had great coaches uh, in that league. Yeah, uh, Raleigh Massimino. You think about it. You go those three cha- those three Final Fours he was in. You had uh, Carolina with Dean Smith that took him out. Houston where he won. Uh, that was Guy Lewis. Then you had the uh, Raleigh Massimino '85 where right. they lost me to the Cinderella. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, no. The Big East was that was the golden age of the Big East with you know Syracuse, Georgetown, uh, you know, and all that stuff. And those coaches I just mentioned, it, it was uh, Villanova. They were on. They were the national conference. That was the conference everybody in the country knew about them. They were on ESPN yeah. all the time in the early '80s, and everybody knew who they were. You yeah. know. So, yeah. all right. So we got some uh, John Thompson audio too. I think. I want to get right into it and remember the legend. The legendary Georgetown coach that is John Thompson, who led the Hoyas basketball team for 27 seasons, has passed away. Thompson amassed a coaching record of 596 and 239. Listen to this. 97% of his players stayed all four years and left with a college degree. He was the first black head coach to win the NCAA National Championship, a three-time Big East Coach of the Year, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame inductee Thompson retired from coaching in 99. During his at Georgetown, he coached several NBA first-round picks. Alonzo Mourning, Patrick Ewing, Bill Martin, Allen Iverson, and Sleepy Floyd, just to name a few. Michael, I want to start with you. I know you are a friend of John Thompson, and I am so sorry for your loss, and I appreciate you joining us this morning. But if you could just put into perspective his life and, and, and what he meant to you. Well, Molly, um... I, I covered Georgetown basketball the year Patrick Ewing was being recruited by John Thompson. So that goes a long way back. That's that's 40 years ago. And I was 21 years old and had no idea what I was in for uh, getting to, to be around, to cover, later to get to know. You mentioned friend. I, I, I feel that, you know, other than my father um, and maybe two uncles, a couple of uncles, Big John was as impactful on my life as an adult man as as anyone other other than that, other than my dad and a couple of uncles. And um, as as Stephen A. knows and can speak to and will speak to, he didn't coach either one of us. I didn't play college basketball. And yet he was everywhere in my own life in, in terms of what I believe about education, uh, about sports about basketball, and I don't mean X's and O's, I I, I mean sort of the day-to-day execution of what these things mean to our culture. Um, And it's it's hard to even know for me, you know, where to begin. Um, I mean, John was the most complex, fascinating, brilliant person I've covered. 
courageous, and probably I could apply all those things to anyone I've ever known. And there were so many mornings where I, I learned after a long time that right John Stephen didn't Knight? care. John didn't care necessarily as much about talking about the day-to-day issues of basketball and matchups and who was playing and who was an All-American, who was better than whom. But all the big issues, all the great, big, fat, juicy issues, controversial that were confronting us, he was always available to talk about them. He was always available to share himself, what he felt about those things, how they would impact students, his students, his players, the rest of us, the rest of the world. Um, and... It's the world is not going to be as interesting a place without John Thompson. There you go, guys. Okay. And he was okay. always and he was always ready to talk yeah. about uh, the officials. You know, he was oh, always yeah. willing to talk yeah, about he that. Loved those officials. And what they used to do that was really interesting is he always and he sat at had it this way. He wasn't going to not watch his son coach or if Georgetown was in the tournament. He was always there calling their games. And you knew he was rooting for Georgetown, but that's okay because you knew that. They're going in, everybody yeah. knew that, and that's fine. You don't uh, you know just take. But he was a good color man. I remember him working with um, uh, Bill Raftery on those games, and he did a great. And Dave Gavitt, different people, uh, you know, in, in you know in the three man booth for the championship games going back and. You know, of course, Dave Gavitt, the Big East commissioner, got the whole thing going, and and uh, you know, he and he and John were close, and then Bill Raftery, they were great friends. So he he did a good job on that stuff, you know. Yeah. So anyway, okay, now we get into the regular regular. We, that was the pantheon there uh, with the, with those two guys, uh, and Lou Brock earlier. But Carol Hardy, he was 87 years old. He was he went to Colorado, University of Colorado, 1951 through 55. Then he he uh, went to. Uh, he, he lettered in football and basketball. So the first and track, and then he went to, and that's back when people could do stuff like that. Everybody specializes now. He played for the San Francisco 49ers in 55. People maybe not aware of that. Uh, four receiving touchdown. And, uh, and then he came to the, uh, Amer- the American League, to the Cleveland Indians, came to the Indians in uh, May, April 15th of 58. He was there from 58 through 60, came to the Red Sox in 60 through 62. Houston, 63-64, Minnesota in 67 for 11 games. He had only hit 225 with 17 homers. I think he was a better football player than a baseball player. 17 well, homers. I think the quarterback back then was Y.A. Tittle for the 49ers, Chris, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he would have been. Uh, yep, yeah. that's right. 17 homers, 113 RBIs, uh, only 251 hits. But his big thing was he pinch hit for Ted Williams, who had fouled the ball off his foot, on uh, on the 20th of uh, September in 1960. And then uh, the other connection with Ted Williams uh, that week on the 28th, or uh, eight days later, that was Ted Williams' last game. And who replaced him in left field? But Carol Hardy. Uh, so Ted came in and uh, got cheered all the way in, and Carol Hardy got booed all the way out. That's the way he put it. And then he also got to pinch hit for Carl Yastrzemski on uh, 531-61. Uh, I don't know why that was, but just uh, that he did. So he pinch hit for Ted Williams, and, and I think the only person who ever pinch hit for Ted Williams, and Carl Yastrzemski. So that, that's kind of cool. Okay, and then uh, let's see. Uh, he was uh, he then uh, he was a, uh, for 20 years, he was a Broncos director of player personnel, and he uh, helped to uh, put together the Orange Crush defense. And, of course, they went to Super Bowl twelve, their their first uh, Super Bowl, and he died of dementia. 
Then we have Howard Howard Mudd. He was 78 years old. This happened two or three weeks ago, but again, that uh, message was trapped over in the other system. He was a San Francisco 49ers uh, offensive lineman from 64 through 69. Then he played for the Bears, 69 and 70. And then uh, he was in three Pearl Bowls uh, in 66 through 68. And he had one uh, fumble recovery, but he had a long coaching career. I didn't realize he was an offensive line coach for Cal in 72-73. And then San Diego, 74 through 76. San Francisco, 77. Seattle, 78 through 82. Cleveland, 83 through 88. Kansas City, 89 through 92. Seattle, 93 through 97. Indianapolis, 98 to uh, uh, 09. Philadelphia, 11 and 12. And then they, he was part of the Super Bowl 41, uh, you know, coaching staff when the uh, Colts beat the Bears. And uh, he was he was he was he died of he was 78 years old. Remember, he died of motor uh, injuries from a motorcycle accident. So he he was he went out on top. That's for sure. He was uh, really he was going around riding a motorcycle at 78. That's pretty cool. Yep. And uh, Jim Ursay of the Colts said he was a great player and coach and uh, thought of him as an all time Colt. So there you go. That's uh, Howard Mudd. Yeah. Then we go to Bill Yeoman, 92 years old. He was assistant at Michigan State from 54 through 61. Then he was the head coach of the Houston Cougars football team from 72 through 86. His record Adam was probation. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. His record was 160, 108, and 8 as a head coach, 6-4 and 1 in bowl games. He won the Cotton Bowl in 77 and 80. Uh, and he four four Southwest Conference championships, 76, 78, 80, and 84. Uh, that team lost to Doug Flutie in the Cotton Bowl, the 84 team. Uh, College Hall of Fame in 01, and the, uh, he had uh, kidney failure and uh, pneumonia, and that's what he died of. We have Robert, get ready, because now you've been uh, you got your homework done. You've got your boxing hat on. You can talk about this guy now that you heard some of the people he fought. Jean-Baptiste Mendy. He was 57 years old only. He was from Senegal, born in Senegal, but lived in France. He was the WBC lightweight championship champion, 420-96 to 301-97, and the WBA lightweight, 516-98 to 410-99. That's kind of weird that he went from one to the other. How does that even happen, Robert? Uh, well, uh, you, bo- boxers can, can fight uh, – for different sanctioning body titles. Like there's four sanctioning bodies now in boxing, WBA, WBC, IBF, and WBO. And if, you, if you've got a champion, uh, Chip Belt in one, uh, you are ranked in the other in the other sanctioning bodies. And, you know, if the other champions want to give you title shots, you're allowed to take them. Uh, but uh, and when I heard this, I'm like, now I don't remember him. And David USF provided me with a couple of names that, that the guy fought, and I re- I remember him because of the names of the people that he fought. I don't remember seeing him, you know, in a fight by himself that I would recognize. Okay. But uh, uh, but uh, yeah, quite a record: fifty-five wins. Yeah, fifty-five, eight, eight, eight losses, three uh, draws, and one no contest. Yeah. So. Uh, he, uh, you know, he obviously had a long career and and thirty-one KOs. By yeah. The way. Yeah. And but uh, no. Uh, so I, uh, but I, I was more familiar with him with who he beat and who he lost to uh, other than other other people that he fought. So. Right. And, and he, he died of so cancer, by the way. He, there you go. OK. So we have a, an Olympic swimmer that I had not heard of. But of course, it was a little before my time. Bill Yorsek, 
87 years old. He was in the 56. He won the 56 uh, gold medal in uh, the 200 meter butterfly in Melbourne, Australia. And after he retired, he was a doctor. And that's all we have on him. We don't have a, uh, a cause of death. Now, we do have more information. We talked about Clifford Robinson last week, and we have his stats and stuff. He played from Port for the Trailblazers from 89 through 97, Phoenix 97 to 01, Detroit 01 to 03, Golden State 03 to 05, and the Nets 05 to 07. He was an all-star in 94. He was the sixth man in 93, uh, and uh, he had 19,591 points, 6,306 rebounds, and 3,094 assists. And he, of course, played for you, uh, Jim Calhoun at UConn. First big-time recruit, I think, that Calhoun came up with there. And uh, let's see, he uh, had, let's see, I'm, I'm looking at some of this stuff. Oh, he went on a basketball tour, and I think it was in uh, 14, at some point, Dennis Rodman organized a basketball tour to North Korea, and for some reason, Clifford yeah. decided to go. And, he uh, was so, on that tour. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was known as Uncle Cliffy to everybody, and he sold uh, he sold marijuana uh, before it was legal. He got himself busted. He was uh, on it a few times in the league, got, had a few drug suspensions. But he also got in the cannabis business, cannabis business, and uh, Uncle Cliffy's uh, stuff. That's what they call his. Uh, his no, brand. He, no, he li- he liked his uh, he liked his leafy green stuff there, Chris. That's, That's right. Yeah. He had a stroke, and then uh, but he, in uh, nineteen seven and two thousand seventeen, but he died of lymphoma on the twenty ninth of August. So that was okay. it for Clifford yeah. Robinson. So a little little interesting. We had a lot last week uh, from thanks to Marty, but uh, we had a, a good amount that uh, David came up with beyond interesting guy. Okay, yeah. Dick Richter, eighty one years old. He had uh, he was a pro bowler. Uh, twenty. So we got to hear that was good. David put out a little Chris Schenkel for us. I was uh, brought back memories. Uh, he won twenty titles in the PBA. And only uh, 16 have done that. He was he played he was on the bowling tour from 64 through 80, and uh, and he won his titles between 66 and 79. He was the president of the PBA in 77 and 78, and then uh, he was in the PBA Hall of Fame. And he, when he uh, and he's and when they uh, put together the top 50 uh, pro bowlers, he was number 14 when they in 2008 when they when they made that list. Uh, only a few more. Carl Garrett, and Robert will remember him. I sure do. Yeah. 72, 72 years old. Started with the Patriots, uh, Boston Patriots and the New England Patriots, 69 through 72. The Bears, 73 through 74. The Jets, 75. Oakland, 76. And uh, into 77, where, of course, they won the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl uh uh, 11. Their yeah, first he, Super Bowl. he ended his career in that game. He retired. That was the last game. game. Yep, yep, that's right. He had uh, 4,196. Yeah, he was a halfback. 4,197 yards, rushing, 28 touchdowns. And he was the rookie of the year in 69, by the way, and an all star that year, too, in the AFL, the last year of the AFL. And for receiving, 1931 yards and seven touchdowns. And uh, 43 fumbles, <laughs> that's not good. No. 11, uh, I think, uh, 12 recoveries, that's not a good percentage. That's probably uh, why he bounced from team to team to team, Chris. Right. Know? Well, the Patriots were so bad, he was one of their stars, and they just kept him. You know, and, of course, uh, he uh, played with Jim Plunkett there the last couple of years he was with the Patriots. Not that that's they were together right. with yep. the Raiders, but he did. Nope. Uh, so, anyway, so that was it for Carl Garrett. Uh, let's see. Uh Oh, he was convicted of a sexual assault charge, and he had a nine-year sentence. He was convicted in 85. The family 
who, uh, you know, of the girl defended him, but he was sort of thought of as uh, sort of an uncle in the family. So they think that it's controversial. Nobody really knows whether he did it or not. And uh, right. it was an all white jury, which didn't help. So right. if it's not clear whether he, we can't say he did or he didn't, but uh, the family did defend him, but uh, we don't know whether they did that just out of, they just couldn't believe it or uh, rightfully so. Right. And then the, the last one we have is David Smokey Gaines, 78 years old. I had not heard of this guy. Uh, and he was in the Globetrotters, so 63 through 67, and then uh, the Kentucky Colonels briefly in um, in 67, and then the uh, in the ABL, ABA, and then uh, assistant in Detroit Mercy, 73 through 77, the head of Detroit Mercy, 77, 79. You say, why is he here? Oh, and then the head of San Diego State. That's another reason he's here, yeah. 79 through 87. But he came in, he replaced Dick Vitale when Dick Vitale went to coach the Pistons. So that was the uh, with Detroit Mercy. So that was something. He was uh, let's see, forty seven in, in, in uh, forty seven and ten, I think, with Detroit Mercy. And then yep. he was they were in the NCAA in seventy nine. And San Diego State, he uh, had a few pros with him: Michael Cage and uh, let's see, and uh, Tony Gwynn played on his basketball yeah. team. Yeah, too. Tony Quinn was on his basketball yep. team, yes. Oh, Tony Quinn was a good basketball player. Yeah, yeah. he could have very easily been drafted in the NBA. He, he was scouted by the NBA. Yeah, He was the WAC coach of the year in 85, and in San Diego State, I think, or his overall coaching record, I guess it was, 157-127, and he died of cancer. So that is it. Yeah, and I, th- All I, right. think, next, I think we're next done. Week, we are. Next week we'll have NFL to talk about. We'll have yep. – We'll have uh, basketball and hockey playoffs, and we'll still have baseball. So we'll have a little and bit of everything. We'll have, uh, we'll, I, my prediction is uh, have two or three more mind changes by the Big Ten between and now and then. And we'll, and we'll be wrapping up the uh, U.S. Open, and, and we'll be able to tell you more about maybe the NASCAR playoffs and what's happening with golf. So yep. stay tuned. Yeah, there, there you go, go, Sean. All right. All right. Well, what's, if you or anybody that you want to tell about this wants to download this podcast, they can go to legendoldies.com, or they can type in Sports Lounge Live, three words in their podcatcher, or tell their smart device to play the Sports Lounge podcast, and they will get it. Or now, yes, it is back on the phone, 773-572-3006. Option number nine is Sports Lounge Live. Option eight is All Things Radio. But you can also on option eight, the newest message you can hear is Steve Bauer tribute to Steve Nomer, which is very good. You can hear option seven, Coffee Club. Option six is the uh, Twin Spin Tuesday. Option five, the Gospel, the uh, Classic Country. Option four, Gospel. Option three, Old Time Radio. Options one and two are the uh, Indiana School for the Blind Alumni Group. But yes. Option A, go listen to that Steve Bauer tribute to Steve Nomer. It's good. There's going to be a podcast of it soon. But, no, check all those out. If you want to leave us any comments throughout the week, 800-693-0595, option number two. Email us, sportslounge at allthingsradio.net. It's football season, baby. Next week we're coming back. So we'll see you next week. Okay.